In this episode, we're about to dive into the often misunderstood world of required minimum distributions. Join us as we uncover the essential strategies and tips to help you navigate RMDs and make informed decisions for a secure and fulfilling retirement. All coming up today on Retire Smarter. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's episode. Going to be another good one. Walter Storholt here alongside Tyler Emmerich. Of course, uh, you want to join us each and every episode here for great financial information, guidance, and conversation. We've got that in spades today as Tyler Emmerich, a certified financial planner as well as a chartered financial analyst from TrueWealthDesigns.com and uh, the True Wealth Design team joins us as he does each and every episode. And Tyler, I am excited for our topic today to get some more clarity around those RMDs. I love it when we can take something that you describe as often misunderstood and hopefully flip that around the other direction. So <laughs> that's got to be a big payoff for you as an advisor when you have somebody that comes into your office and that they've got one of these often misunderstood items in their portfolio or in their financial life and you can get things straightened out. Oh, absolutely. Well, just like anything else, it seems like legislators like to keep us uh, financial advisors employed, and sometimes they make things as complicated as possible. So over the last few years, there's been a number of, um, legis- or I guess a number of legislation passed that has sort of tweaked and changed uh, required minimum distributions. So we figured we would dive in today a little bit and uh, you know uncover them and uh, peel back the onion on required minimum distributions and how families should be thinking about them. Before we dive into all of that uh, financial conversation and talk, everything going well in your world? How's the family? Yeah, family's doing well. No complaints on my end. It's January here in uh, Northeast Ohio, so you know the weather's come along. I think we hit uh, six degrees last week and got our first, uh, maybe not our first, but uh, a pretty decent-sized snowstorm come in over the weekend. So we got to go sledding, and um, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, so they've really got to enjoy uh, getting out in the snow for the first time this year. It's like uh, starting to hit some prime sledding ages there, right? You're like You don't have to tackle the enormous hills for it to be exciting, you know? No, not at all. Well, although I did get a little overzealous and my youngest, um, the two-year-old, uh, I put her in the sled first and went a little too fast and she fell out and it took me <laughs> good <laughs> half the time that we were out there. I was trying to fight and being like, hey, come on, let's try it again. Let's try it again. Eventually we got her too. But uh, yeah, it was definitely daddy uh, messing up and having a mistake there. Uh, getting a little overexcited. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, stories that my mom tells about her, you know, her motherhood quest was when uh, she was dragging me in the sled in the snow up the drive. We had a long driveway where uh, where mm-hmm. I grew up. And uh, she's pulling me behind, and she's just so proud of herself. She's looking back up at the house, and Dad's waving at her like from the window. And she's waving back at him like, yeah, look at me go. I'm pulling Walt on the sled. And he's pointing <laughs> and waving. And she's like, yeah, look how cool this is. And she's just oblivious and running all the way up to the top of the top of the driveway. Mm-hmm. I mean, a good distance. And she turns around finally to, you know, talk to me and look at me in the sled. And I'm nowhere to be found. <laughs> so she starts panicking and like running back down the hill, retracing her steps. And she's like, oh my God, where did he go? And I was all the way back at the very beginning, um, totally flipped into the snow. I was really young. So it wasn't <laughs> like I was walking around or anything at that point. I'm just face down, totally in the snow. Um, and she like way back at the beginning, she flips me over. My face is all red. Yep. <laughs> she's just like, it oh, that's, exa- what, that's what my dad was pointing at. He's like, you left him yep. behind. 
That's exactly what happened to me. I wasn't going to go that far, but I found my little one face down in the snow, not moving, turned oh, over. Man. I was like, Whoa. Oh, man. So I could imagine your mom's face when uh, when you were turned over there. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. She says I had just a big grin on my face and didn't cry whatsoever. So she was like, he was best destined to, to enjoy the snow. And so that has never changed yep. since that day. So she was like, her defense, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy to do. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't weigh too much back there, right? You hit a little bump and no. that, that kid's right out. <laughs> so, and you're having some fun yourself. So it's like, hey, exciting. And uh, yep. oops. It's but, fun uh, stuff. Yeah, no. So it's good to get out and uh, enjoy the weather a little bit here. For good sure. stories, good stories. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about those changes uh, that that you know the government has kind of made and requirement mm-hmm. required minimum distributions. And you talk about how they like to make things a little complicated. They they pass this thing called the Secure Act, and then they're like, yeah, that didn't make things uh, clear enough. Let, let's let's muddy it up with the Secure Act 2.0. So they they like pass this legislation that amended it mm-hmm. almost right away, right? No, you're you're exactly right. And I think the primary objective of Secure Act 2.0 was really to encourage, you know, people to save more in their retirement and utilize those accounts because they are such wonderful places for you to be be saving. And there was a whole host of um changes uh that were in there and some of them go in effect at different times. So the Secure Act 2.0 was passed in 2022. So you know the first set of changes were in 2023. We have others coming here in 2024, and then certainly some a little bit uh, later on as well. So they impact a wide variety of retirement accounts, from you know individual retirement accounts, IRAs, all the way to your employer plans, your Roth accounts, so on and so forth. We're not going to dive into all of it uh, today by any means. Um, there are a few things if uh, any listeners haven't heard of the Secure Act 2.0 and you're you know coming up on retirement and you're looking for ways to utilize uh, some of those retirement plans that are available to you you know it's a good legislation to look up uh, some of the impacts because uh, it allows for increased contributions to 401ks there's some pretty cool 529 provisions in there uh, if you have a 529 account for your uh, some of your children or grandchildren um, where you can more effectively utilize them um, and potentially move them over to a Roth down the road. So a lot of a lot of good changes. Uh, by no means, like I said, are we going to dive into all of them? We really want to just focus on the required minimum distributions and kind of what uh, families need to be thinking of uh, with these required minimum distributions. So what were the changes, and how do we uh, probably most importantly how do we plan around them, and what are some things that you can do to you know put yourself in a little bit better situation you know as these things start to come up now. Granted, you know our industry, uh, Walt, we love our acronyms. So from here on out, when I, I'm not going to spell out required minimum distributions. We'll just refer to them as RMDs yeah. uh, for The funny short. thing is it still <laughs> takes like, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of these, uh, the, the, a broadcaster, right? So I, I put thought into these things of like mm-hmm. the acronym should make it easier to say. So you've got required minimum distributions. Yeah, it's a, it's a mouthful and it takes a lot. But RMDs doesn't necessarily just roll off the tongue, right? <laughs> like you still have to emphasize each letter. You can, like we need a diff, we need, they need to do that again, like another. Like I think of, um, you know, FINRA, right? F-I-N-R-A. We can just FINRA, you know, nice, FINRA. easy, rolls off the tongue, very little minimal vocal effort. That we need is a, a good we need one. A r- rimdas, rims, rims. <laughs> And for those listeners wondering what FINRA is, would not expect you to know that. That's Walt's uh, expertise coming through a little bit. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) just industry regulators. I've read that word in a disclaimer a couple of times, right? (laughs) (laughs) Good memory. Yeah, I I almost need to uh, to egghead alert myself on that one, right? (laughs) 
I, if I had the button, it would have been, it definitely would have been pushed, no doubt about it. But, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll cue it up in case I slip <laughs> up again soon. <laughs> Before we get too far into these RMDs and, and what were some of the changes are, I mean, for those individuals and families listening that maybe um, have never had to worry about RMDs or haven't really thought about them yet, you know, the question becomes as well, what are these things? And essentially required minimum distributions are when the IRS says, hey, we've allowed you to keep money in your pre-tax retirement accounts uh, long enough. Now we want you to start pulling money out on a year in and year out basis. And it is the required amount that they want you to pull out. And of course, uh, they say, hey, we've let you defer those taxes long enough. We want to get our hands on a little bit of it. And we want you to start paying taxes on some of that money. So that's their way of uh, making you uh, start that process. Now, to actually calculate the required minimum distributions, how you're going to do that um, is essentially when, when it comes time for you to start these RMDs, you're going to look at your account balances uh, in the prior year, December 31, and then you're going to take the, that balance and you are going to go to what we call the life expectancy tables uh, that are published by the IRS. And we're going to go to your age on that table and look at what number corresponds to your age. And we will take that balance on December 31st, the prior year, and divide it by the corresponding life expectancy factor. And that will tell us uh, how much has to come out of your uh, pre-tax retirement accounts. Now, of course, there's a many, many online calculators, Walt, that'll do that for you now. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to pull up the life expectancy tables to figure out what your required minimum distributions are. And for those of us that like to speak in generalities, uh, that first year, you have to start pulling out those required minimum distributions. Uh, you're going to pull out a little under 4% is what that first year comes to. So you'll take your balance on the prior year and right around or just under 4% is going to be the amount that you're going to have to pull out that first year. And that will steadily increase from a percentage standpoint um, as you uh, as you continue to age and get uh, go through retirement. Makes a lot of sense. So yeah, a lot of changes mm-hmm. in how these are calculated and what years you got to pull things out. And I know that's caused maybe people that, that some of that consternation with trying to keep up with the rules surrounding all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and two, you know, the type of account does matter a little bit when you go in and do those calculations. Uh, what I mean by type of account uh, would be, is your money in individual retirement accounts or IRAs? Uh, or is your money still tied to your employer in 401k plans and 403b plans? Um, and depending on what type of account you still have your money in, you know, there could be some calculation differences and some rules that you need to follow on which account you pull that required minimum distribution from. So, you know, it can add, have a little bit of complexity there. Certainly for some individuals that are still working uh, and they've hit that magic age where the RMDs are going to begin, um, some retirement plans uh, and current employer retirement plans actually do not require you to pull out minimum distributions until you officially retire. So there are some quirky rules there um, that you need to uh, be mindful of. Of course, as always, right, the details uh, are going to matter there. But that'll give you at least a baseline of, hey, what are we talking about? Required minimum distribution distributions, the amount you have to pull out of your pre-tax retirement accounts, and then the calculation, roughly 4% or a little less than 4% of what your uh, prior year account balance was on December 31. So 
what did the SECURE Act actually change in regards to required minimum distributions? And one of the biggest things that they changed, uh, it changed, would be when these required minimum distributions actually had to begin. So it used to be uh, the age you had to start taking these uh, was going to be 70 and a half. And well, I don't have any idea why they chose 70 and a half. Uh, it always stuck out at me as like calculating that half year was mm-hmm. a bit wonky. Um, and they yeah, did just why? Why make things harder than they need ones. to be, right? <laughs> Exactly, right? So they did push that age a bit. So now starting in actually starting last year, January one, so in 2023, in the year you turned 73 uh, is when your required minimum distributions would begin. Now, 2023 was a transition year. So if that was your first year of expected required minimum distribution, actually, no one had to pull out that first year uh, RMDs. So because it actually went from 70 and a half to 72, and then obviously Secure Act 2.0 changed the age to 73. So of course, changes upon changes, but that 2023 was a, a transition year. So if you were already pulling out your required minimum distributions, of course, you had to continue that. Uh, but if it was your first one, they said, nope, 2024 will be uh, that first year for uh, your RMD. Uh, they also changed and said, hey, starting in 2033, your RMD would not start until age 75. So kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit for the younger generation. So what do I mean by that? I threw out a couple different numbers here uh, and it really boils down to, well, what year were you born, right? And if you were born before 1950, well, you've already started to take your required minimum distribution. So there was really no changes there. Uh, But if your birthday was between 1951 and 1959, What that means is is your first year of your required minimum distribution will be in the year you turn 73. If you were born after 1960 or later, so born in, excuse me, born in 1960 or later, uh, 75 will be the first year you have to start pulling out those required minimum distributions. And again, when I say the first year you have to start pulling out those required minimum distributions, again, there is another little quirky thing there to where technically in the first year, you pull out your required minimum distributions, you can defer that first year's payment up until April 1st of the following year and take two out the following year. So there is a little bit of a quirky rule there, but generally speaking, when you turn 73 or when you turn 75, depending on the year you were born, you're gonna have to start looking at your retirement accounts and if you're gonna have to start pulling out these required minimum distributions. It's a lot for people to try and kind of plan for and figure out to begin with, uh, let alone when you make these more recent changes. Uh, just throws us some a few additional kinks into the works, I suppose. Are there any other changes that are worth noting uh, from Secure Act 2.0 and how they specifically affect the RMDs? There are. And, and well, when you said, hey, a lot to plan for, I mean, I think that's key. You know, we'll finish up the podcast today on kind of some of the things you can do to help plan for, for this. But that is key, um, as with anything, is starting to think about, well, when are you going to have to start pulling these distributions out and how is it going to affect things like your tax situation and so on and so forth. So we'll touch on that a little bit here towards the end. But there were a couple other changes uh, with Secure Act 2.0. And the first of which is a pretty welcome change, which is they adjusted the penalty for not taking this. So the penalty was pretty steep. Well, basically, under the old rules, if you did not take out your RMD, they hit you with a 50% penalty for missing it. So whatever your RMD was, Ooh. half of it 
going to go to the IRS as a penalty. I mean, that, that is, is not robbery. a small chunk of change, right? Yeah, that is not right. <laughs> uh, to, to say the least, right? So if you had a hundred thousand, let's say if you had a hundred thousand dollars in your uh, pre-tax retirement accounts, uh, we said the required minimum distribution was just under 4% in that first year. So let's just say you had to pull out roughly 4K. Well, hey, half that 2000 bucks was the penalty not a small chunk of change. So they did change that. Uh, so under the new laws, essentially what happens is, is that if you don't take your RMD by the IRS deadline, you'll get hit with a 25% excise tax on insufficient or late RMD withdrawals. And if your RMD is corrected in a, what they call a timely manner, the penalty can actually be reduced down to just 10%, which again, 10% is nothing to balk at, but certainly a far cry from half uh, of what it is before. So you want to be on top of this and make sure that these things get out uh, in a timely manner and done uh, in the year uh, that they need to get done in. Now, another maybe uh, not so, I don't want to say not as important because it's all certainly important, but for those individuals that this impacts, it can be important. They did also make a change to how they account for Roth accounts in employer retirement plans. Uh, so a lot of individuals as you're working, their employer will give you the option to save inside of your 401k or 403b in two different ways, either pre-tax or Roth monies. And depending on your tax situation, that'll determine you know which option is going to be best for you. Now, it used to be where if you had Roth money inside of your 401k plan and you left your money with your employer after you retired and these RMDs started, then the amount of money that was in the Roth and in pre-tax both inside your 401k went towards that RMD calculation. Um, so essentially, if you had Roth money in your account, it kind of ratcheted up how much you had to pull out of your account. And traditionally, when you think about a Roth IRA, for example, those accounts do not have required minimum distributions. So it was, uh, again, ratcheting up the amount that you have to pull out, which was a, a bit of a downside. So they went in and the Secure Act 2.0 kind of changed that rule and said that Roth accounts under employer retirement plans would be exempt from RMD requirements starting in 2024. So that was the other uh, little minute change uh, that they had for this year. So uh, hand in hand, I guess the two big things is, is if you were one of those individuals that didn't have to start your required minimum distribution in 2024. Um, this would be the first year uh, and the Secure Act changed that. And then of course, if you still had money inside your employer plan, you have some Roth, might want to take a look at that. But but those were some of the changes. And frankly, give you a little bit of a high level of, well, how do you go about required minimum distributions? What are the amounts and what are some of the deadlines on how you have to take them out? So let's move on to maybe some of the more fun uh, aspects. Well, and that's how do we plan for these things uh, once they start? Or if you're not taking RMDs, how do we plan for them coming out? Yeah, uh, you always because, view these things as opportunities, right? So, hey, new legislation, new things are happening here, new rules. Okay, what are the opportunities that we can use for better planning? You got it. Now, if we break this down into if you're, you're in the camp of, well, hey, I'm actually taking my required minimum distributions, or I happen to turn 73 this year in 2024, so this will be the first year uh, that I have to take it, and you're looking for ideas on, well, how do we plan around this? I don't want to say it's quite too late, uh, but your options are going to be much more limited because, of course, they've already started, right? So you're at that point to where you actually are going to have to start doing the distributions. So really, the biggest planning tool that you have available to you are what's called qualified charitable distributions. Um, so this is where the IRS will actually allow you to lower 
the RMD amount if you gift it directly to a qualified charity. So if your RMD amount was $4,000 uh, for 2024 and you gift uh, $2,000 to a qualified charity, th then your required minimum distribution would only be half or $2,000. And that's what you would actually end up paying taxes on and having to pull out of your pre-tax retirement accounts. So these qualified charitable distributions allow families to uh, essentially save uh, the tax hit on these RMDs. And I think that's a pretty big deal for a lot of individuals because with the tax law changes that happen, the standard deductions are very, very high. And a lot of individuals do not get much of a tax benefit uh, for gifting uh, to their church or charity or schools or whatever the case may be. So these qualified charitable distributions are a nice, easy way for you to, not that you're gifting uh, for a tax benefit, but of course, if we can save some money from good old Uncle Sam, you know, this is a nice, easy way to do it, especially if you're doing that gifting already. So qualified charitable distributions are a wonderful tool uh, for individuals that have to start taking required minimum distributions. Yeah, all good points on that one. What mm -hmm. else should we keep our eyes open for uh, chances for us in the future with these RMD changes? Sure. So if you're listening to this and you're going, boy, you know, I've got a few years before I've got to start pulling these out. What are some things that I can do uh, to help alleviate some of that pain um, and that tax it once they do start? And the first thing you can think of is, well, hey, if you did turn 70 and a half, you can still do these qualified charitable distributions. So the SECURE Act did change and kick out the year where RMDs have to start, but they did not do the same for those qualified charitable distributions. So individuals that uh, are 70 and a half or in the year that you turn 70 and a half, you can start doing qualified charitable distributions, even though uh, your RMDs would not start to either 73 or 75. So keep that in your back pocket as well. Um, but, you know, the big thing would be, well, planning ahead and trying to understand, well, how does my tax situation change once these RMDs start. So I think every podcast that we have, Walt, well, we talk about some type, some sort of financial planning and stress the importance of having a financial plan, right? Almost sound like a broken record, I would assume at this point, uh, <laughs> Re talking about, hey, okay, have a important. financial plan. <laughs> That's right. Well, and, and even when we start working with new families, right? Um, you know, we walk them through what we call a retire smarter solution where you know we hit on a lot of the big financial planning topics that we feel like is important to dive into and understanding. And one of those sections that we call the tax smart distribution strategy, which essentially is saying, hey, when we create this financial plan and we start looking out five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road and trying to get a handle on how your assets change, uh, one of the things we're trying to get a handle on is, well, how does your tax situation change? And a big part of that is understanding when these RMDs start and what it does to your overall tax situation. For example, a lot of families, once these start, that's going to bump them up into a higher tax bracket, right? Um, and it could be pretty substantial. You pair that with the fact that under current tax laws, rates are set to go up in 2026. Well, a lot of individuals, especially early in their, early in their retirement, might be in a lower tax rate uh, than they are when the RMDs begin. So the question is, is 
putting some thought into, well, how should I best utilize these pre-tax retirement accounts with the understanding RMDs are coming up? And the only way you're going to be able to answer that question is having some understanding of, well, what does your tax situation look like down the road? What tax bracket would you be in under current tax law? And then use that information to help make better uh, decisions on how much and when you do distributions from your retirement accounts. I say it all the time, but Roth conversions and potentially pulling more money out of your retirement accounts than you need to spend on can be a very, very advantageous tool in the right circumstance. And a lot of times when we recommend large Roth conversions for families, and that's taking money again from pre-tax retirement accounts and moving them over and paying taxes on them and putting them in a Roth where that Roth would now grow tax-free and where that Roth does not have required minimum distributions really helps put some forethought into, well, how do we alleviate some of that tax pressure down the road? That's a great tool to utilize. You got to do it smartly and you got to do it with an understanding of, well, I don't want to pay more taxes now than what I'm going to down the road. Um, so you have to do some of that front end work to, to get you in a situation to help alleviate it. Because if you don't do the work up front, well, really the only tool that you have in your toolbox is those qualified charitable distributions once RMDs begin, because there are no, there's no other way to stop them. Uh, the IRS is going to make you pull them out and you're going to have to pay taxes taxes on them. Now, of course, I was actually having a conversation with a, an individual who we're getting ready to start working with. And she made the comment that, hey, I've already done a Roth conversion this year. So that should give me some uh, pressure off of my required minimum distribution because this was her first year uh, to actually start taking it out. And I had to remind her that, hey, the amount that you converted to Roth does not go to satisfy your required minimum distribution amount. That doesn't mean that you can't do Roth conversions on top of the RMD, uh, but you still have to satisfy the RMD first and then look to Roth conversions. Uh, she was under the understanding, well, hey, I'm still pulling it out of my retirement account, right? I'm paying taxes on it. But of course, the IRS um, you know, wants to alleviate that um, and make sure that we do it in a right way. So you want to be cautious and be careful uh, to make sure that, yes, Roth conversions and income targeting can be a very, very valuable tool uh, in your toolbox. But uh, you want to make sure that you're doing it smartly and within the confines of what rules you need to follow. Okay, very good. We've certainly have done some uh, shows in the past about some of those kinds of conversations, IRMA and uh, in income targeting. Uh, any final details we should be aware of with this RMD conversation? I know we're just scratching the surface here, and there's probably all sorts of other elements we could get into, Tyler, but in the scope of today's episode. Yeah, I think it's just the big thing is is understanding when these required minimum distributions start. We gave you a little bit of a a quick and easy way for you to find out how much your RMD is going to be. Of course, there's more in-depth calculators and you can actually go through the in-depth calculation. But again, just under 4% of your account balances and pre-tax retirement accounts are going to come out. So understanding when that starts and understanding a ballpark of how much that might be. And then in turn, you can take that information to better plan for and say, well, what does my tax situation look like? And should we start doing some of these Roth conversions? Will you have the qualified charitable distribution in your back pocket that you can use and you can start to get a framework for, well, what is going to be the best use and planning tool uh, for you to help alleviate some of that extra tax hit that so many families feel uh, when these things begin. And, and like I think you mentioned, yeah, we did go over quite a few, oh, 
we talk about income planning, I feel like all of the time. Um, this is just another a piece of that. And I think we went into a, a two episode series almost in August of last year, where we talked about income targeting and tax smart distribution planning that if you want a little bit more details on this, and want to understand a little bit more of the levers uh, that you can pull uh, leading up to those RMDs, I think those are wonderful episodes to, to catch back on and take a look at. Very good. If you want to learn a little bit more about what it's like to work with uh, Tyler Emmerich and Kevin Krosky and the team at True Wealth Design, all you have to do is get in touch with the team by going to truewealthdesign.com. Click on the Are We Right For You button and you can schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced advisor on the team. Again, just go to truewealthdesign.com. Click Are We Right For You. You can also call 855-TWD-PLAN if you have any questions. That's 855 855- TWD plan and get in touch there as well. All that contact information is in the description of today's show. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions on your mind at all. Well, Tyler, thanks for the great breakdown today. Really appreciate catching up with you and getting this good information for folks. And believe it or not, we'll be seeing you, my friend, in uh, the month of February here very soon as we get ready to turn the calendar page. That's right. I had a good time. Very fun. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, looking forward to it and hope everybody has a great couple of weeks. And we'll talk to you again next time right back here on Retire Smart. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.